Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that definitely didn't start the schoolyard fight, but certainly finished it. I am your host, David Lloyd, and this week our topic is a game that's not always associated with RPGs, but definitely qualifies, and that's the Technos Japan-developed River City Ransom for the original Nintendo system. And joining me tonight is a gentleman whose love of reading came from the fact that you can buy books in this game that give you rapid-fire kicks and punches. NWR Reviews Editor, Jordan Rudick. Yeah, I, I amassed quite a library of books in the time since playing this game, but none of them have given me the martial arts skills that you get from River City Ransom. So uh, I'm going to have to keep looking for uh, the uh, the dragon uh, dragon feet and stone punch. Maybe I need to go to Japan to actually buy <laughs> those books. None of, the, none of the ones in North America seem to have them. So You need to pick up Bruce Lee's uh, Jeet Kune Do. Is that the, the book that he wrote? Is that like a, a martial arts book or is it like a biography or something or autobiography or something like that? No, it's... It's uh, it's a book about yeah. It's like a manual on how to uh, do the martial arts oh, that that's he cool. developed okay. himself. Yeah, that that yeah. might that might be the one missing from my collection. So that, yeah, next time you see me, I'll uh, be uh, rapid fire kicking and punching my way uh, <laughs> through the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And uh, also here to talk about the demo for River City Girls, ladies gamers reviewer Paige Detlison. Hey, yeah. Um, I think if you. Since you can try out River City Ransom for free if you've got the Switch Online membership and you like it, then you're sure to like River City Girls because it's the core mechanics are, like I said, basically the same, but just better. Um, main difference, I'd say, is boss fights. I imagine it's a probably a much longer game as well, Paige, because River City Ransom is one of the one of the shorter games you can play on the yeah. NES. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just bigger, better, all that. It's like how the Wii U is the beta version of the Switch. I, I think I don't I don't I wouldn't I don't really want to call River City Ransom or equate River City Ransom with the Wii U. I think River City Ransom was much more <laughs> successful and enjoyable. So <laughs> Yeah, like when we were going into the gameplay mechanics, like a lot of it is yeah. the same. It's just obviously there's improvements because it's the mm-hmm. latest game in a really long series. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see that they had their idea from basically the very start. Yeah, I, def- I definitely want to play River City Girls. I've had that on my Switch wish list for a long time. I know it's been on sale uh, a little uh, smaller discounts, but I'm looking for like you know 50 percent or something like that. I know I'm I know I'm greedy, but uh, I've got such a backlog that I can only afford to pad the backlog <laughs> if the games are at a at, at least 50 percent or more. So hopefully uh, the game will go on sale. I know I I think it did pretty well because it seems to be getting a sequel as well. So that's exciting. But yeah, I definitely want to get into River City Girls at some point. I think we've had a good streak of uh, games going on sale shortly after uh, we've been discussing them, so uh, maybe maybe the streak will live on, <laughs> and we'll see uh, a summer uh, end of summer sale come along for it. Mm-hmm. Well, Jordan, would you like to uh, kick off the uh, drink discussion this week? Yeah, nothing nothing special for me. Uh, just just having some water. Um, it's it's been super hot again. No no breeze. I I brought a fan up to my room and that's helped a little bit, but it's just it just seems to be circulating the warm air around the room. And I, I so I've shut it off for the time being while we're recording. But uh, yeah, just a water with some ice. Uh, it's really the only way to to keep cool these days for me. Um, you know, obviously we have a, a pool at our complex, uh, but it's been closed since the pandemic started. So that that that's no good and. Um, yeah, just on the, these evenings with no breeze coming through the window at all, uh, and, and the fan not uh, doing a ton of work for us, uh, yeah, barring getting an air conditioner uh, or another one, I should say. Uh, yeah, it's just been just been water for me. So no, nothing fancy, but I, I will try to bring something, uh, maybe something special for next week to make up for it. I, I'm just going to pull a lame Casey this week on us. <laughs> I guess Paige doesn't have to worry about uh, 
keeping things uh, cool. It's uh, winter where you are. I'm. I don't know how fierce the winters get down in Australia. Yeah. But, uh, what's what? What's a winter drink um, that Australians drink? Um, if it's actually cold, I'd be having Milo. But at the moment, it's just Coca-Cola again, hmm. and I think that's going to change unless I start listening to my dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get I get the same advice from mine. Uh, my uh, Milo is that some kind of like. Um, is it like a chocolate, a chocolate drink or a malt drink or something like that? Like a yeah, eaten... malted barley or something. Right. I, I, I've is it of a green box or a greenish brown yeah. box? Yeah, I've definitely seen that in the store before. I think I think my wife said that before too, but I, I've never actually tried it. Maybe I should, unless it has dairy, and then I'm in big trouble. <laughs> it's the first I've heard. Um, of. well, the way I make it is, I guess, sort of happy to make coffee. Mm-hmm. I have like except more giant heaping spoons of it because it's Milo, so I can have yeah. more. It's not as intense. But yeah, I just have my giant spoons of it, um, boiling water, and then milk. You can drink it cold, though, I, t- I think, as well. Is that right, or is that not yeah. a thing? Yeah, some people do it. Okay. Um, I know it's popular in like um, some Asian countries as well. Yeah, I think I think that's where... I think my wife was uh, born in Hong Kong, and I know she's had that at, at her house before. I don't think she's had it in a long time. But um, yeah, I think she may have taken that cold. I'll have to ask her about that, but I definitely heard of it. And they, they have it in the stores here because they do have a lot of um, uh, kind of Asian supermarkets or Asian uh, aisles in supermarkets, or I should say international aisles because it's not just not just things from Asia, but uh, all over the world. So, I've, yeah, I've definitely seen Milo before, but never tried it. Yeah, and uh, this week I'm keeping cool with, uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast or not. We're 70 episodes in now, so no, I'm always worried that I'm uh, double doubling back into an old Where's beer. Where's the master but... list, David? Every, everyone uh... on the podcast listening wants the master list. I know. Well, the ma- I started the master list around episode thirty, and then forgot about it. So it's going to be tough to go it's back. The, the trouble, the trouble with starting a master list of beers is that by the time you get halfway through, you're too drunk to finish the bloody list, right? <laughs> so right. you need someone else watching your back, baby. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is, is if uh, if I have if I have a couple beers, but I only talk about one, then I I get confused easily. So, mm. yeah. but uh, tonight it's uh, it's the Barking Squirrel from Hop City Brewery. Um, so this is a, a red amber. Uh, usually, I only there's one restaurant in town that I know that sells it, and uh, so I I always get it when I go there. I, it's like a burger joint, so I don't go there too often, especially uh, not any any time recently. But uh, mm-hmm. I was in the super uh, a new supermarket this week. Uh, happened to be in a different different side of town than I'm usually in, and they they had a whole. Uh, list of beers that I hadn't had in a while, so I, I picked up uh, a few different new ones. I, I picked up I'll, next week. I should have uh, one of the big, 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 big rig brewing beers that we talked about last week. Uh, they they were selling a bunch of cans uh, in the store. So, yeah, it's a uh, red amber from uh, Hop City Brewing, and it's it's pretty good. It's not it's pretty uh, basic red amber, uh, nothing too special, but it just it just has a good taste, and uh, pretty big fan of it. This is the first time you've had Barking Squirrel before? David, this is a new one for you? Uh, f- first time I've had it in a can. I've had it draft a couple times, but... Okay. Yeah. Maybe, f- may- and maybe first time on the podcast then, if you've only I, had a draft before. I, it would have to be, because I usually... I know I've talked about drafts a couple times, just because there was mm. there were something I might have just had, like, right before the show or something, So, but I, yeah, I'd be yeah. surprised if I've talked about this one. So this this should be a, a something new for the for the listeners out there. Sounds good. Well, I guess uh, we'll get right into uh, our topic for the evening, and that's, yeah, River City Ransom.
original Nintendo game uh, that released back in the U.S. in 1989. And uh, uh, as uh, Jordan, I believe Jordan, you said you 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 played this on the original NES, uh, while yeah, Paige and I yeah, both definitely. played it on the Nintendo Online service. So this is new to us, but this is not new to you. So you guys, uh, just to uh, clarify, you had never played this game until you played it on Switch on the Nintendo Switch Online. Is that right? Yeah, well, I didn't have any other way to play it. <laughs> I think I think it I think it was on the Wii Virtual Console. Maybe not the Wii U Virtual Console. I, I I'm I'm almost positive I owned this on Wii Virtual Console. Um, but yeah, I did. Pl- I did play the original. I, I, pro- I don't know if it was in '89, but it would have been around that time, obviously. Uh, I think I said this uh, last week on the podcast, or whenever we mentioned River City Ransom. But uh, my a friend of my dad had an NES, and he had these really, really obscure games. That, one of which I, I still cannot find, or I'm not even sure if it exists. But uh, uh, maybe I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, he had River City Ransom. That was one of the games he had. Uh, Silver Surfer. He, had, he, he was a big comic book collector. My dad was too. Uh, but he had River City Ransom for some reason, and so uh, we would occasionally like swap games uh, he would borrow some of our games and we would borrow a couple of his and river city ransom was one i probably borrowed a bunch of times and never really wanted to give back because i enjoyed the game so much i'm not sure that i ever beat it as a kid but i just I, it was very i found it very accessible very fun um I, the music is obviously incredible like it, it kind of loops but i think it's 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 just a very very good loop that you can listen to for a long time like brawlers typically have the really catchy music you know think of something like streets of rage uh easy to listen to that music uh for for, for on, on loops yeah. as you go through the stages when it comes to like playing games as a kid and not necessarily beating them, I think the open world style games are good for that. Because mm-hmm. I know I played um, it's one of the Simpsons ones uh, in... on uh, on NES page. No, 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 no. Uh, one of the GameCube ones. I'm trying to think. Cause it was a hit and uh, run, hit, hit and run or uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, the other one is a crazy. It's like Crazy Taxi. Oh gosh. No, it's the hit and yeah, the hit and run one. Oh, because, run. Okay. Yeah, I could yeah. just mess around in that level. Yeah, that was that was a really fun game. Uh, I had that one as well. I was a big Simpsons fan too. I don't think um, Paige was born when when the NES games were. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, sorry, stupid me. I I got lost on my my NES nostalgia trip there. But uh, yeah, I know really really enjoyed River City Ransom. Uh, the gameplay again, like I said, the gameplay really easy to get into. Uh, it had two player co op, so I thought I could probably play with my dad or uh, one of my friends from school around that time. And um, yeah, I mean. Brawlers, just by nature, are really I think they're really easy to get into. Like, I mean, that, that's not to say that this is an easy game. Like, it, it can be hard if you don't know what to do. But um, you know, you go into the shops, you buy things with the money, you try it out. It, there's a lot of trial and error. We're going to talk about this later when we get into the gameplay. But yeah, I, I have a lot of fond memories of this game. I was glad we were able to uh, uh, find a, a spot in the uh, schedule to to slot it in. Um, yeah, but, but uh, I don't know. Before maybe before we get into history, like what what first impressions did you guys have as new players to this game? Like, how did it strike you when you first booted it up? Well, it, for me, it felt very uh, familiar because I actually grew up with the Double Dragons uh, for NES. Mm, like, I yeah, played the yeah. other Techno <laughs> Techno Japan yeah. game, <laughs> um, and so the combat felt like exactly the same almost other than the 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 character sprites were a little bit different. Like, it's not even that mm. much different. Uh, even the map field kind of the same. The story was <laughs> definitely the same. It was basically uh, two guys uh, trying to rescue one's girlfriend um, mm-hmm. from the from the bad guy. So there's a very very similar feeling there. And so yeah, it, it didn't take um, too much to get into the the game itself. But uh, I was the the RPG mechanics are definitely the uh, 
difference between like River City Ransom and Double Dragon that there there's uh, definitely uh, no nowhere to rest and relax and build up your character. Uh, so I thought that was uh, an interesting uh, mechanic that they added, and um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I I was actually surprised by how deep uh, the game was. Really, I, like for a game that you can beat in an hour, I I thought it would be pretty simple, but. Um, I think uh, one of my favorite parts too, which I'll uh, I'll tweet out in a bit, is uh, I found a spa and and uh, laughed out loud when my when my character it talked about how my character was feeling stressed and then and then he um, mooned me. Yes, that's <laughs> so, right. Yeah, so I was uh, seeing a bare ass was a little weird in an NES game, but it was uh, pretty fun. And it was it's, it's, that's actually a really good place to restore your health uh, for for the price that you pay. And there's a, I think there's a boss fight. Uh, you can you could do on that stage where you fight the the two the two twins or the two brothers or something. Yeah. I think you fight them there and then you can go into the spa. So it's a great little place to uh, uh to grind out uh, to grind out cash. Uh, Paige, what did you, what did you think? Like, what was your first impression of the game? Well, I'd found out about the game on the internet quite a while ago because mm-hmm. I was looking up about NES games and it seemed really interesting. So I'd kept my eye on like um some of the more later games in the series, but I hadn't played anything from it until River City Girls. Yeah. Um, so going back to that again, it was just like, I felt like I could see how so much of it was the same. Um, and yeah, it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, I didn't really know much about NES games just to see that they can have like that level of depth, even though they're small and there's a lot of flickering. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that kind of surprised me as well. Like I was so used to, you know, platformers like uh, the Mario games and, and DuckTales and stuff like that. And then to, to play a brawler like you, you know you, you could play other other brawlers like david you mentioned double dragon like that was a popular one uh battle toads as well but then uh, river city ransom it's got you know it has a story to it it has uh cities that you go into all these different shops and prices and money to spend like it's kind of a little bit maybe overwhelming is might be too strong of a word but yeah depth i think is a good one it's just there's just a lot of different things you can do a lot of things you can kind of experiment with um, the game even involves, and I think this is what maybe tripped me up as a as a kid, is that there's backtracking involved, right? You really do have to pay attention to what the enemies are saying when you beat them up or before you beat them up, uh, and then go back to different areas that they talk about. You really do have to pay attention. Um, and I, I suppose that you know David and I are big fans of the original Final Fantasy, especially the NES version of it. Uh, where and that's a game that really teaches you to speak to everybody. Uh, and I think in in River City Ransom, you, maybe you don't speak to everyone, but you certainly should listen to what they're telling you, giving you hints about where to go next. Because if you just try to go from left to right the whole game, you're not going to make a ton of progress. You do have to kind of go back to areas you've you visited before to fight enemies that pop up only after you've beaten up one of their uh, one of the other gang members. So there, there's that kind of uh, interesting depth to it, like you said. Oh, um, one other comparison I want to make is I think some other people might have noticed that. It feels like this game might have inspired, like, Yakuza series a bit. Mm, yeah, it definitely. It seems like that's, like, the 3D version of it, basically. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a great comparison. Like, just the the kind of the Japanese style, the, the beat-em-ups, the fact that you're going to all these stores and buying stuff. Uh, Yakuza really takes it to the nth degree, though, right? Like, it's it's so over-the-top and slapstick. But, yeah, that, that that's a good one. I hadn't really thought about that before. We can just uh, go a little bit over the history of... Um, cause like you said, it's, it's by Technos Japan, which was uh, founded by three staff members of Data East back in uh, 1981. And, uh, they actually, uh, released a few games. I do, I laughed about how similar a few of the games were because before River City Ransom, there was the Double Dragon that we talked about. 
Um, mm-hmm. but there was also, uh, I guess in the US it was called Renegade, uh, but, uh, uh Kunio Kun, uh, came, yep. came a few years before that. And, um, I have to, and it's funny too, cause the, the president of the, of, uh, Technos, uh, his name is, uh, Kunio. So it's, they're, they're named after the oh, president. Okay. <laughs> um, so like, I, I guess the, uh, the name, like the Japanese name of the game was like, uh, Madman Kunio or something like that. Like it was, it was pretty funny, mm-hmm. but, uh, they, yeah, they made a, made a lot of games. Um, and, uh, Dede East, uh, initially wasn't too happy with them because they, they actually thought they had st- stolen some of their, uh, uh, IP when they left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a bit of a falling out early on, but uh, they, they ended up uh, making peace in 83 and uh, and Technos was uh, developing arcade games for Data East. So, uh, and then Data East uh, would uh, go on to publish uh, some of their stuff because the, they, they needed help to distribute their own games. So, uh, And then it went bankrupt in 1996, uh, at which point Million Limited Company had uh, bought the uh, the IP and then uh, it was sold to Arc System Works in 2015, and that's why we're getting uh, games like River City Girls. And uh, there, there was a Kunio Kun collection, I believe, uh, just recently too. Um, I don't know yeah, how many these games been, are in there. There's been quite a lot of the games in the Kunio Kun series. Um, like there was some kind of fantasy themed one that came on the 3DS. Yeah, I might have that cartridge actually. I should. Sorry, I, I, I turned around for my mic to like grab a cartridge off my desk. I'm like, <laughs> I realize no one's going to hear me if I turn around, but um, I'll be back in one minute. I want to find this cartridge now. I do I do have one of those. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have lots of spin-offs too, like the soccer game, there's dodgeball games, there's just fighting game. Yeah, uh, Super Spike oh, Ball, that was, a, that was a big fan of I love that game back in the day. No. Uh, the one I was talking about was uh, River City Knights of Justice. Oh, okay. So that was a um, spin-off featuring the characters from that series in a fantasy setting. And that was for 3DS? Yeah, digitally. Oh, that's neat. So the one I have is called River City Rival Showdown, uh, which came to 3DS uh, in Japan, uh, in North America in 2017. So yeah, that uh, uh, it says it's, it, I don't, it says Natsume slash Arc System Works. So I don't know how Natsume got uh, into that one. But, uh, publisher. Yeah. Oh, publisher. Okay, yeah. So that's the one I've got. I haven't played it yet, though, but it came with a cool uh, uh, Kunio Kun uh, keychain, so I had to pick that one up. I think it was like $5 <laughs> on Amazon, too. And I just, Dang. you know, I love kind of collecting uh, games from that series. I do want to get that collection that you mentioned as well, David. Uh, just uh, again, uh, I think it was, I think I missed that one because I think it was 50% off, which is my, you know, my threshold, like <laughs> I mentioned. But I think I missed that one a couple weeks ago, so hopefully it'll go on sale again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the story, uh, like I was saying, uh, there was a lot of, uh, Double Dragon, uh, mirroring, cause the, uh, the main characters are Alex and Ryan. And, uh, there's a, the main villain of the game is named Slick. So, uh, the game starts off with Slick, um, taking the River City High, uh, River City High School, uh, hostage, basically, and was trying to ransom them off, uh, hence the name of the game. And, uh, Alex and Ryan just happened to not be in school that day. <laughs> And uh, the the people helping out Slick are a bunch of uh, basically an army of teenagers because it sounds like most of them are like kids from like basically clicks from schools and stuff. Uh, yeah, especially yeah. when you look at the names, because a lot of the game the names of the the gangs are hilarious because there's like generic dudes, frat guys, jocks, homeboys, mob, squids, internationals, cowboys, and the plague. <laughs> so 
Uh, Some of those last ones you don't see until much later in the game, I think, and they're they're definitely yeah. tougher. Like it, they all yeah. wear like a different colored shirt, and it kind of indicates uh, maybe the, you know that they they belong to a different group, but also a little bit more about their difficulty, right? Like, I think the yeah. one of the, the the generic dudes are you know they're very generic and they're very uh, very simple to to knock those guys out. But uh, the the pink shirts is that frat guys or? Um, I, I can't remember, but the, the guys who wear the, the the group that wears the pink shirts—they're one of the first ones you encounter. That's actually pretty difficult. They're I don't know if they're tougher in terms of uh, their health, or they, they see, the AI seems to be more aggressive with those ones for sure. I think they're the pink shirt um, guys. Yeah. When you get towards the end, the um the enemies are a lot faster too. Yeah, that's like right. They'll start running as well. And then yeah, and there's like I believe it's twelve bosses in the game. Yeah. And they all they all have different names, right? They're all there's the the twins that you fight. You actually fight the twins a couple of times, but um, and then there's a there's another set of twins later in the game, I think. Or yeah, I don't know if they're uh, twins or brothers, Benny, but there's another set you fight later in the house. Yeah, the twins I think are Benny and Clyde. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I love the. And there's a, the, another set when you get to the, when you actually get to the high school, which is the kind of final destination or the final area. Yeah, and River City Ransom is one of those games where. Um, it's really worth reading the instruction manual because they put a lot of effort into it. Um, they have yeah. they have all of the different techniques that you can do, uh, mm. and they um, they have uh, the character listing. So they have like the the twelve bosses. Uh, so like Moose, Benny and Clyde, Rocco, Blade. They all uh, they all have uh, like backstories too. Like Benny and Clyde, they <laughs> say they're these guys are out of towners and only in River City Ransom because they like a good fight. Hmm. Uh, so it's it's pretty our uh, Otis not too strong very clever sharp tactics make him difficult to beat it also helps just to learn the different moves because I wouldn't have known that you could jump on top of an enemy's weapon while holding a weapon yeah. well yeah there's uh, the one I definitely wouldn't have done uh, the human totem pole they call it <laughs> yeah and, uh you can play baseball yeah, on it uh, I knew you could um, pick up uh, the enemies, but I didn't realize that you could actually use them as like a baseball bat. Um, yeah, you could use them. As, you can use them. Yeah. As, I think the the weapons are pro- probably one of my favorite parts of the game. Like the chain is so yeah. unbelievably powerful because, like, eventually, even if the enemy you're attacking is guarding uh, and and so they can block, right? They they can't block the chain forever, so they might be able to block one or two strikes from it, but eventually the chain's going to go through. Like you 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 don't even really need any of the special moves or the punching and the kicks. If you have a chain and you can hold on to it, yeah. you could probably beat the whole game with the chain. It's kind of it's a little bit broken. Like I think even if you take that all the way. To, to slick uh for the final fight i think that uh the, the chain is enough to beat him as well uh of course if you read some of the books and you increase your your uh your punch or your kick ability or you're or you're eating a ton of food and raising your stats that way you can make the game a little bit easier but the chain is just, I, I feel like the chain is just, it, the, it's attack speed combined with its power it's just super strong especially with the dragon punch like when you get the dragon punch book and all of a sudden you're punching at like lightning speed and holding uh, yeah and then holding the chain or any other weapon like you're just using a weapon at light speed at that point see i thought that w- that's, i think that's a different book though i thought i thought the weapon turbo strike or the weapon super strike is a different book that you read so there's there's oh, one okay. there's, there's the so there's stone stone hands is the one to punch fast to do a turbo punch but then there's there's a there's actually a separate book that lets you do the same kind of attack 
with any weapon that you're holding. It actually looks hilarious when you're holding a garbage can or a crate, and then you do like the super the super rapid fire attack with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it just makes the game even even easier. A little bit funny, a little bit more like you're this super powered, you know, superhero or something like that, and you're just kind of flying through these uh, these. Uh, uh, yeah, total generic dude is probably a good way to refer to them after you've powered up for sure. Uh, yeah, and um, like you said, so they're with the so it's an open world game um, in the sense where like you can you can kind of go back and go anywhere. Um, it's a little bit, I guess, the the way to like looking at the map. It's kind of like linear in a sense where it's kind of online. It's kind of on a line, but you got to go like up into the right and up like that's. And there's like strip malls, um, in between the different areas where you can, um, do the purchasing of the different items to, um, to boost your stats. So in, in the game, there's, uh, the different stats that you can build up is you can build up your punch, you can build up your kick. Uh, there's a throwing stat, agility, defense, strength, willpower, stamina, and max power. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a ton really. And, uh, yeah, like, it, to the point where it's like without having that manual it's knowing what what's doing what was pretty i i found it kind of confusing <laughs> like i really needed to go back to the manual and be like what is going on here yeah i mean i really wanted to know what you know would actually fill my health up instead of my stats yeah some of the foods you eat like the whole purpose is just to boost your your kick or your willpower for example but it doesn't mean that it, you might eat a steak and it might not fill your health that much uh, like I said, the the going to the sauna is one of the best ways to refill your health because I think it focuses primarily on restoring your restoring your stamina or whatever it is, um, as opposed to you know you go to uh, a bakery or you go to uh, a sushi place and you're eating those things and you're always going to get uh, other stat boosts and not necessarily just one that refills your health. So um, there's obviously way too many like foods and things to consume in the game to kind of remember exactly what everything does. Like you, I guess you could make a chart yeah. or look up a guide or something like that. Um, I mean, we didn't even talk about that. There's there's pharmacies where you can go to buy pills. You can uh, go to the the bookstores we've been alluding to where you go to buy uh, things that increase, uh, that give you different abilities, like you uh, increase your punch and kick damage, or you can, you can uh, I can't remember if it's called like circus something or, or acrobatic something, acrobatic circus or something, uh, lets you do like a, a run, you, you run and you jump and you do like a some kind of a midair somersault and you kind of cannonball into the enemies. That was always one of my favorite moves uh, whenever I uh, oh, replayed the, uh, the game. I was always grab that one. The acro circus. Acro circus, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's not all that powerful to to do, but it just looked funny to be you know, see a group of enemies and then do this big cannonball into them. You know, a lot, I think a lot of the, uh, the books and abilities that you acquire, they're not necessarily all that uh, necessary or helpful, but uh, they they are kind of they are fun to use. Uh, I was telling uh, Paige and, and you, David, before we started recording, that I, I bought this book uh, that le- that gave me this throwing ability. The javelin and I man. Th- <laughs> Javelin man, I could throw yeah. the enemies across the screen uh, and uh, you know knock them into uh, other enemies as well. And again, they certainly didn't need it, but it looked hilarious doing it. So I was happy to uh, have bought that one the last time I played. Uh, trying to find the one that that I had for the that made the the weapon go quicker, but I can't can't find it. But it's I don't know. I'd... I think it's at the same store where you buy Javelin, man, and it's expensive. Yeah. It's really expensive. It might be like seventy or eighty dollars or something like that. But yeah, I just 
Nuts, you just gotta keep beating up the yes. twins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get so much money from just beating up those bosses. I mean, we didn't even really talk about that. Like the whole the whole progression is built on collecting money that's dropped by not just the kind of generic enemies that you fight, but also the bosses. So. Uh, the whole idea is every time you defeat an enemy, they drop a coin and the coin keeps bouncing. Uh, and the when it's bouncing higher, it's worth more money, I believe. And, oh, and uh-huh. as the really? coin starts to disappear, I think it's worth less. I I, Cause I the, thought it was just based yeah, on the enemies. Yeah, because the instruction manual shows the um, it shows uh, it's like fifty cents if you beat a generic dude, fifty five cents for frets. 60 for jocks, 75 for homeboys, and 90 cents for mob. And then the bosses... Oh, and then there's a buck for squids, a buck 50 for internationals, a buck 20 for cowboys, and a buck 25 for the plague. And then the bosses um, each have their own money, too. It starts off at, like, 225 for the first one, and, and like, the last ones, Randy and Andy, are both 18 bucks apiece. I don't know where I got this idea from. (laughs) But I've been playing like this my whole life. I've always thought, like, oh, you know... Don't necessarily kill all the enemies and then go get the money. Like go grab it before it before it disappears or before it's worth less. So it definitely disappears uh, yeah, quickly I, though. Like I I think mm. there's only like three seconds. Like it's quick. Yeah, mm. it's very fast. So maybe maybe that's maybe that was what I was thinking. Or maybe when I was really young, maybe my dad told me that and <laughs> as as an incentive to get me to grab the money before it disappears. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah. Okay. And at any rate, yeah. See, the more the more money you grab, the more things you can buy in the stores when you get to the little market areas or the town areas, and that's kind of how you get stronger, right? You get stronger not from fighting enemies uh, and leveling up or anything, but from going to the stores and buying food or buying books or buying medicine or something like that to to boost whatever your stats are. And if you if you want to, you know, raise your kick stat because you like using the kick ability, then you try to identify foods that raise your kick stat and just keep buying a bunch of those. Um, you also have an inventory, which is kind of a neat thing that I hadn't re- I hadn't really thought about before I'd uh, recently played it, replayed it again. Um, you can store you can store a lot of the foods and just eat them later when you need them. Yeah, some of the items are like takeout, so you um, actually have to go to your inventory to use it. Yeah, you don't actually sit in. So some of the restaurants you go into, you sit at the re- at the uh, the kiosk or at a stool. Uh, the NPC inside the store will hand you some food, and then you. Uh, there's a kind of a funny eating animation yeah. that Ryan and Alex do, uh, and uh, so then you you gain you gain the benefits right away. But uh, you do, I mean, the inventory isn't super extensive. I guess that you could fill it out because the books that you buy and read, once you read them, you learn the ability. But I think you have to hold on to the book as well. I think if you get rid of the book, you might lose the ability. Do you guys? Did you guys try that or experiment? Um, with that? I read the scandal rag, and that oh, that was just a stat one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, the comic the comic books you buy they they're kind of like one they're like one time use. Yeah. yeah, but I think the books that teach you abilities, I think if you get rid of them, you lose that ability. Uh, I think the whole point is that they take up uh, a, a piece in your inventory because they're expensive uh, and they, they yeah they give you like a permanent ability that you can use. So I think you do have to hold on to them. But yeah, I don't know, it's just such a cool a cool game because there's so many things to buy and experiment with that every playthrough can kind of be different based on how you go shopping in the stores. Yeah, and Paige, you um, you had said you had played this uh, with your boyfriend in multiplayer, right? Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, it's um, got the friendly fire. Yes, so that's we right. Killed that's each right. other a bit. Um, <laughs> so, so that's one improvement in River City Girls is that you can actually turn that off. But hmm. yeah, the the NES was not uh, not friendly to new players. There was no turning off of. Uh, there was no features to make things friendly necessarily. Yeah. 
Um, well, in, du- it's- in Double Dragon 2, you, you had the option to play with or without. Um, and I had joked that I always played with it because I would, I would just start the game in two player mode, uh, to kill the, t- to kill, I guess, Jimmy. Um, mm. and then take his lives because in Double Dragon 2, if you killed your own partner, you, you would absorb his life life force oh really <laughs> yeah that's hilarious yeah. yeah so you can't you can turn off friendly fire in double dragon yeah there well double dragon 2 um there's there's uh like a and b mode so a mode okay. is no friendly fire and b mode is friendly uh, fire cool okay yeah i wonder if because double dragon was originally an arcade game so i wonder if when they ported it to consoles they added in a feature like that. Because obviously in the arcade, if you're playing with multiple people, they'd want it to be as hard as possible, you know, to get the most quarters from you. But yeah. sometimes when arcade games would come over to a console, they would, you know, either, you know, uh, make the difficulty a little bit easier overall or add in options that would that would make it easier too. So maybe that's what happened there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Paige, did you play the whole game in, in co-op or did you uh, get sick of uh, killing each other and then you just uh, you left your boyfriend uh, by the side, just beat the game by yourself? Yeah, I ended up just playing it by myself. It does sort of, it can be slightly helpful because when he died and then I went to the next strip mold, then he respawned instead of like going to the previous one. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, it's just you have to be really careful to not hit each other. <laughs> Yeah, which can be tough, especially if you're using the weapons or you throw yeah, something yeah. and or you know, uh, the enemy even, is going you know, to rush at you. So even in River City Girls, if you have friendly fire off, if you throw something, you'll still hit them. So it'd have to be like, get, out, get out of the way, I'm going to throw. Yeah. Yeah. I think, at least the, I think it knocks the, them. It, yeah, it doesn't necessarily do too much damage, I guess. In in River City Ransom, I think the I think the weapons and the throwing especially are some of the most hilarious actions you can do yeah. because especially if you if an enemy is not facing you and you throw like a a baseball bat or a, a brick or something at the or uh, sorry the uh, the crate I guess uh, or the stone it, it, the the sound effect is like perfect. And then they they kind of like lurch forward, like you kind of see the pained expression on their face, especially the guy who wears the glasses. I think he's got a really hilarious expression uh, when you hit him with a projectile. Yeah, the... um, I, I just love love little things like that. Like I think that it's very um, kind of amusing to beat up the people in this game. It's not well, just satisfying, especially because sometimes like hurting them, but sometimes they bath. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, yes, that's right. Yeah, the yeah, art so. style is very like. Nice. Um, I got something wrong because uh, River City Ransom is actually the second game in the series because mm. before that was um, what in English was Renegade, but this is the one yeah, where I they've stuck that. with this particular art style and added all these mechanics and they've kind of stuck with it since. Yeah, I think the more kind of chibi looking or the smaller characters uh, in the River City Ransom games after after Renegade, I think the faces were similar in Renegade to uh, the, to the later games. But I think the the smaller characters they're kind of cute and yeah, it's kind of funny just to see them beating each other up. Yeah, definitely more expressive. Uh, definitely more expressive. I don't There's know one. If... Uh, sorry, David. Uh, go go ahead. I was gonna say uh, I don't know if I've seen a game too like the where when you're when you're hitting and, and defeating the people like the. There's a text box underneath the the whole yeah. time where the where the bad guys are like ouch oof oof and like <laughs> all the like they're like you have the sound effects but then you also have like the the peep like 
the bad guys make ha- saying things as they're dying in yeah. text. So it's really. It reminded me a little bit of like the 1960s Batman with Adam yeah. West, <laughs> yes. and how like after Batman or Robin would punch somebody, it would, the the message you know a bar for or zap or whatever would would pop up. And I always think about that when I'm when I'm playing this game. But it, yeah, it just adds to the charm and the humor of the game. Like these aren't just kind of you know, faceless people being, they all have names. They all, yeah, they, they have the little things that they say after they get knocked down or whatever. Like even the, um, even, even the bosses have a little bit of a spiel. Um, not just the first time you fight them, which is hilarious, but if you come back, I think one of the first guys you fight is Moose, uh, or Rocco. I think he wears a gray shirt. He's in the construction area. It's like two or three screens into the game. Um, when you fight him and then you come back, he's like, oh, no, not you again or something like that. <laughs> like, because he's cause he's meant to be like, you know, the, the first kind of like test in the game. But he's, he's, you know, he's like a class Joe from 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 Punch Out or, or Super Punch Out. He's not that strong. So you beat him up and then you come back for more. And he's like, oh, you know, please don't beat me up. He's kind of scared of you. Right. Which is a little bit hilarious. So, yeah, the humor in the game is great. Yeah, I'm just taking a look at River City Girls and uh, <laughs> the art style is beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm like really digging it. Um, cause this one's, that one's made by Way Forward and they got permission from Arc mm. System Works. So in terms of like art style and that, it's quite different, but overall the core of the game is the same. Except the so boss fights are better. Yeah. So it has like the, boss the fights RPG in, elements and stuff? Yeah. It's got the stores, it's got the pharmacy. I think eventually at the end of the game, near the end of the game, you unlock the sauna. It's got weapons that you pick up, you throw people, you buy new moves. Um, some of the locations are the same. Like, I, when I got to the school in River City Ransom, I'm like, oh, some of these screens look exactly the same, except, you know, original NES graphics. Um, and some of the characters, um, cause in River City Ransom, that's like the localized name, it's different. But, see, the final boss in River City Ransom is like one of the, uh, the first, the second boss in River City Girls. And I noticed it because of the stuff he was saying. Like, he was saying about, like, he, didn't have his dark power and he was on top of the roof. Um, and then, yeah, I searched it up and, yeah, um, in Japanese his name's Yamada. Um, so he's, like, one of the early bosses in River City Girls. Yeah, I, I could see this being a, an episode down the line because it looks uh, <laughs> looks really neat. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to play this game. Maybe maybe closer to when, when the sequel comes out or, uh, again, if, if the game goes on sale, I'm definitely going to pick it up this time. Um I one I I was there was one thing I wanted to mention. It's kind of my, one of my favorite uh, moments in the game. I, I hope you guys came across it as well. Um, I think it, it it's uh, one of the stores you go into. One of the restaurants is like a fast food place. Um, and one of the options that you can buy on the menu is a smile, and it says the price is free. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Every time you every time you play, it's I think it's a purple. It's either purple uh, colored on the inside or the outside. It might be called Max or something like that. I don't remember. Um, but uh, yeah, you. Anyways, you go in this restaurant. Everything's really cheap, like burgers, fries, shakes, whatever. But yeah, one the the bottom uh, option on the menu is a smile, uh, and you can choose smile. And the girl working behind the counter, she'll she'll smile at you. And and I think Ryan makes a uh, Ryan or, or Alex, whoever you're playing as, makes a little. You know, uh, maybe they smile back or something like that, or they make a kind of a happy gesture or something. Then uh, it's just such a it's just such a cute little thing that again, you know, five year old, six year old me playing this game is like wow, like. The, the, the small little details or touches that are in this game uh, that are completely optional, completely missable. Like, I, I guess that that discovery in this game, I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, well, um, it, it's so it's not really about going from the beginning of the game to the end. It's all about like the little things you do along the way. Right. 
Yeah, I saw in someone's video they found like a hidden area with a mystery shop with some really expensive items too. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I think one of them might be called Excalibur. It raises yeah. your weapon by like 50 or 60 points or something. So you can be super powerful with uh, with your, just, with your just uh, break, when you're wielding a weapon. Just beat everyone up so much that you break the game with your raw power. I mean, yeah, I think that that's something I, I almost want to try is just to see when you if you max your stats, like how are you like just one punching or, or one kicking everybody in the game? Like I've <laughs> I've never I've never spent that much time uh, grinding for for stats. I've always just wanted to get the books and get the abilities. And then, like I said, with the chain, you could take the chain all the way to the end of the game or another weapon. The weapons are so they're so powerful that the the, uh, the lead pipe or the the, uh, the metal pipe is also really strong, too. Um it's funny that there's there's a way to get really strong in this game, but I just don't feel like you need it. You know, like it's yeah, the game's not that hard either. Yeah, uh, it kind of goes along with uh, again go, to go back to the instruction manual, um, which I highly recommend if anyone decides to play. Yeah. Uh, the very last page, um, they have it's they have the playing hints, and I just love mm. love the hints because they have um, one is the like, I'll just read them out real quick here. So one it, it starts with. Uh, Watch how your enemy's personality changes. They may get very angry and violent, but they may become weak and run away as well. It all depends on which gang they're from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't beat your enemy too soon during a long fight. Watch his changing reaction. He may also start talking. Um, check your status frequently and try to make your character as strong as possible. He could be this. He could be stronger than any of the bosses. Uh, so that kind of goes to the like yeah, you said, maybe definitely, you could one definitely punch. happens. Yep. Yeah. Uh, try to do uh, many different tricks. You could find a new trick that nobody else knows. So there, there's your smile because uh, I, I actually bought um, one of the things that I was doing was buying burgers for take to um, almost use like a potion in like while I'm yeah, fighting and yeah. stuff. So I, I like to buy the burgers, um, but I never did see that smile option. I don't know. I guess it's going too quick. Um, yeah, it, it's a very. It might only be just one restaurant in the game. Like I said, it's got a purple color, uh, at least on the interior. So if you find that one, that's where the that's where the girl's working. My favorite line in the manual there is "shopping is very important." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don't forget. I mean, it, it's basically a requirement. Like I can't imagine being in this game without doing any shopping, especially when the only thing that the enemies give you is is money to spend. I don't know what else you would be doing with that money, but yeah. And then it ends with try anything. You can make your own exciting game. Anything may be possible, but don't forget you have to be strong. I think one of the most satisfying moves is to run at full speed and then jump, because you go really high, and you can do like a jumping kick as well, or you can bounce. You can bounce off of the walls. Um, you can get. I, I like when you are. It's a 2D game, right? But you can jump on ledges that are kind of in the background and you can just run run along the edge just ignoring all of the enemies, right? There's a lot of um, uh, screens in the game uh, where there's a ledge in the background that you jump on and then it's kind of a, a way of avoiding things where you can kind of wait till the, all the enemies kind of congregate around you and then jump off and kick them in the face or something like that. Like, I feel like a lot of the secrets or new different abilities revolve around... Uh, jumping, or at least I think the the satisfying abilities are involved with jumping, running and jumping especially. Except for the one spot, there was a warehouse where you had to jump on uh, boxes to kind of like yeah, go up the yeah. wall and go to the other side, and that, that drove me nuts because I couldn't, it was so hard to get like, I could get to the first box, but then there's so yeah. little room that like I kept like just kicking the one box and it pushed me back. And yeah. so I had to like move as far left as I could to finally get over the second box. 
The when you're um, running, you have to be careful not to not run into the wall because that'll knock you down. Yeah, it hurts. That's right. I know I've died. I've died just running into the wall a couple times. It's kind of hilarious. You do you do another like a big like crashing motion. Sometimes your character spins kind of left and right, or you know looks like they're flipping around or something like that. It's hilarious. Well, you could trip on the weapons too. I I was like punching someone near near one of the crates, and like you can injure yourself if you're like you fighting too close to a crate and not pick it up. Yeah. The crates and the garbage cans can be dangerous because you, you not only can you kick them uh, at enemies, but yeah, you could kick them at a wall. It could bounce back and hit you. You can throw a stick at a wall and it'll bounce off and hit you in the face. Like There, there are a lot of ways not just to hurt, uh, I guess if you're playing co-op, to hurt your partner, but <laughs> just to hurt yourself in the game. Like you have to be, you have to be a little bit cautious or really, I, I think it rewards players for kind of like in those early areas where you're just fighting the generic dudes. It's a good opportunity to kind of like, practice all the moves right or figure out all the different things that you can do and then once you've mastered the basics like you can go in into the shops and buy the uh uh buy the powered up abilities or buy the new abilities and try to master those as well so uh yeah again, again just a really neat progression uh mechanic in the game i think and i uh, i really need to try the move where you uh, get on top of a tire and roll it into an enemy <laughs> i haven't yeah. even seen that before I've, yeah so yeah i again, yeah, that's the only way I knew it was from the manual, like seeing the picture of uh, riding on a tire. When you jump on a rolling tire, you can run the enemy down with it. <laughs> the, the, well, all this talk about manuals just makes me miss the fact that we don't really have manuals like this anymore, right? Everything is either online or, you know, if you get like a limited run edition of a game or something like that, it might have a, a manual. David, you worked on a manual for, uh, was it Faroon? Uh, yeah, uh, the, yeah I made the manual for Faroon for super rare games. Yeah, and like I, I really, I really miss things like that because they, the the at least for these NES games especially the any uh, the Super NES games were great too for ma- uh, for for manuals. But all this information that you couldn't fit into the game because the game only had so much so much RAM, so much memory. Uh, but yeah, the, all this story content, all this artwork, these secrets, these tips, all of this stuff. Like if, if playing these games digitally now you don't really have easy access to that. Or if you do, you, you might not even think about it or know about it. But when you bought these games and you had the manual right yeah. there, I mean, I mean, David, I don't know if Paige, if you were too young for these kind of memories that David and I, uh, the old man that we are can reminisce about, <laughs> but by buying, buying, buying a new game, buying like a new NES game, uh, and then driving home from the store, uh, and just, you, you, you open it up right away. Cause you want to read the manual. You want to read the manual before you get home so that you're ready to play the game when you do get home. Like I'm, I, David, I'm not the only person who has done something like that. No, well, the 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 manual for f- the original NES Final Fantasy games like 40 pages long. Yes, <laughs> so. it's oh, so long. It's it's, it's an awesome <laughs> menu. It's yeah. an awesome manual, though, right? It's like yeah. a like a miniature strategy guide. Yeah, it's got all the different weapons. Like I always used to joke that um, in in the actual game, like you never really see the stats of the weapons, like. The yeah, only the only right. way you know if a weapon is better than another is if you go to a shop and go to sell it, and then you just compare the pricing of one weapon to another, and you'd be like, okay, well, yeah. this is obviously stronger because it's worth more money, and yeah. uh, that that's the way I played for the longest time until I realized that the the manual actually had all of the all of the actual yeah, stats and um, stuff. So it's like, ah, if I just went in there more often, I would have been able to know. Uh, most modern games, yeah, they can fit, they just have big tutorials. And little yes, signboards exactly. in the game right. and stuff like that. So they don't necessarily need it. And even then in menu, they might have galleries and things like that. 
But I do find mm. it annoying when they do put some retro games and they don't give you the manual because you really need it for some of these games. Like even mm. I don't even think the, like the Super Nintendo Mini had like the manuals and you had to look them up online. It was like a barcode yeah, right. or, uh, yeah. or one of those QR uh, code or something codes, like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and then we like it was only a few weeks ago we did the Star Tropics where you literally have had to have the yeah. manual in order to proceed <laughs> in right, the game. Yeah. So. Um, what I what I really like about some compilations these days, you know, the ones that really have that kind of TLC put into them, they'll include the manual, they'll include the box art, all those yeah. kind of extras that you would get with physical versions or arcade versions of the game, maybe, uh, or some of the arcades from you know the from the eighties that are part of compilations that we get on Switch, for example. Um, so seeing some of the arcades where the instructions are actually written uh, where the control st- or where the, where the joysticks are and the and the the buttons are on the actual cabinet. Like, I love seeing stuff like that. But again, you know, kind of relics of uh, lost of time. One really good example of that was um, one of the SNK collections on the Switch. Mm-hmm. That has, yeah. like, sort of, like, you know, sort of exclusive art, like really old stuff, promo materials. Yeah stuff like that i that, that's the one i'm thinking of Paige. i just i yeah. just bought that on sale actually and so I, yeah i was looking at all the old arcade games and i didn't really grow up playing a lot of snk stuff but yeah just, just seeing all those old materials and, and old uh manuals and instructions i just loved all that stuff well the manda collection uh had it didn't it didn't it have the the manual like in the game i could be wrong about it that might, it might be built in i'm not sure i don't know um for me as a kid the main use for manuals was if they had any cheat codes in them Mm, yeah. Can you think of one, or can you think of any examples of that? Like, I'm trying to... Um, I can't remember sure, but... if, like, say, some GameCube games, sometimes they might have had the cheat codes in their manuals, but often they just you have to get mm. a magazine and get it from there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like Nintendo Power or something. Oh, there was, like, kids' magazines um, in Australia, like K-Zone and stuff like that, and they'd have, like, mm. game cheat on a page or something. Cool. Were they? Is that is that is that an ex, like a gaming magazine exclusively, or was it like kind of pop culture and everything? Uh, this is like a kids magazine, so there'd be gaming and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's cool that they had cheat codes. Like there were there were so many magazines, so many gaming magazines when I was growing up. Like obviously Nintendo Power had a subscription for that one for the longest time, but you know uh, Game Pro was one, uh, EGM was one. Uh, I'm not sure when Game Informer came about, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. all this talk of manuals and and you know materials and things like you long for a better time. You know, there's something something definitely lost. Like I'm not a a huge like limited run or super uh, super run game, super rare games person. Like collecting all these physical copies. I think you, Paige, you collect a bunch of physical games, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sort of slowed down when the Switch came out because there was actually games coming out on the Switch. Um, but I've st- but I guess the Switch collection counts as well. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, one definitely. thing I look. Yeah, I mean, one thing I like in Switch games right. is the reversible covers. Um, so, oh, so yeah, I get disappointed yeah. when they don't have any nice cover art and it's just plain blank. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, David, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of our the games we're looking forward to, Trails of Cold Steel Four. I think they did like a vote on Twitter for uh, the the cover art for that game, and I, I think that might be a reversible cover as well. Yeah. The other one that comes to mind for me is uh, um, uh, Near Automata. Yes, yes. Yeah, it the the version I I, I think I got like the complete version and it, it had uh I think it was a black and white one on the back. Mm, that's that's cool. Yeah, it looked pretty looked really nice. Like um Star of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town for the physical the reversible cover 
is actually the covers for the original Game Boy Advanced um, covers of oh, Japan. I love that. So you've got the boy I one on one side and the girl one on the other side. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I like when they do do like throwbacks like that, right? Like it's it's nice to see different artwork, but that, yeah, that's a really neat idea, kind of reminding people I, the game. I mean, you and I both reviewed that uh, for for different websites page, but um, it, it certainly is very much like just similar to uh, the original game, and, and certainly a lot of nostalgia for people that played uh, the original on GBA. Well, it's a pretty straight remake, so yeah. Hmm. Um, should we, uh, last call it, David? Sure. Yeah, I was just going to ask if uh, you had anything else, but yeah, we can jump into it. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, and order again. This is the last call for alcohol. Get going. So for this week's last call, we're going with, uh, What's your favorite RPG mechanic in a, in a non-RPG game? And uh, I don't know, Paige, if you wanted to, to kick us off on this one. Okay. Well, it's hard for me to think of games that aren't technically RPGs, but there are like a lot of hybrid games. For example, um, Persona 5 Scramble, which hasn't come out in English yet, is a crossover between the Warrior series and Persona 5. So you've still got the normal hack-and-slash gameplay, but then they've added mechanics from Persona where you've got your different personas, and then they have different skills that use MPs. And that's the main gameplay, but then you've still got the calendar system, a single-player story, going through the world. So it's a nice combination. Yeah. Paige, you've played the Japanese version yeah, of this ask. game, is that right? I, I played the the Japanese had a demo release. Oh, okay. So that's what I've gleaned from the demo anyway. Yeah, I'm hoping the. I think some people. There's a, a Sony um, state of play tomorrow. I think some people are hoping or predicting that uh, Atlas might. Uh, no, not Atlas. Koei uh, Tecmo. Koei Tecmo? Yeah. yeah, that they might announce uh, a Western uh, either release date or. Uh, I don't even know if we have Western confirmation of the game um, coming over. There yet. was recently news that um, Koei Tecmo is the one that's going to be publishing it in the West, but we don't have any okay. official confirmation. It's just window. like it was some okay. information. Gotcha. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see something about that tomorrow. I, I, I'm really excited for this game, David. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I know you're not huge into the Warrior series, but obviously a big fan of Persona Five. Yeah. Having played the original and Royal, like I must imagine you're at least a little bit curious about this one. Yeah, I might pick it up just because it's Persona Five. Like, uh, well, it's I basically. The, uh... So it's oh, basically a sequel to Persona Five original. Like it heads straight off after that story. So. Oh. Mm. Oh man, Paige, you might, you, Paige, you might have just sold them on. You might have just, just sold me sold on, them it. on it. Yeah, she, I didn't know that. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I love the idea that it's a new story in that world. Because you know, we're obviously we're big fans of uh, those characters and and you know everything. It's just the Persona series in general, sure. But yeah, the, the, I mean, I played Hyrule Warriors, but I just found that the 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 whole mechanics just uh, they 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 got stale very quickly like after a few levels i'm like okay this is just like the the same thing over and over with just maybe different characters or something so i kind of lost interest in high rule warriors but i'm well, yeah if, if if it's a if it's a persona 5 sequel with like a a good story to go with it then i think yeah, that might well, be enough to, to have... keep me <clears throat> interested if you have a Japanese eShop account, you can find the demo and download it. Like, you won't understand what they're saying for the story stuff, but you can still get an idea of how you've got 
the levels you go into, which are sort of warrior style, but then you still walk around the world and interact with characters. Okay, so yeah, it I think, I think Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors didn't really have like a lot of story to it, right? Like it yeah. was very much like a, just a Zelda coat of paint on top of a Warriors game. But Persona Five Scramble, um, yeah, it does seem yeah a lot more story focused and seems to be more of like a fifty fifty kind of deal as opposed to like a an eighty twenty or ninety ten with Hyrule Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so for uh, my RPG mechanic, uh, the one I was going, I'll go with tonight is for is the upgradable weapons. So, um, usually you, you see these in kind of like Metrovanias or, or more action focused games. Um, so the recent examples I had were like, um, Neurovoider. So this is a, an indie game on Switch that actually, um, came out near the Switch launch back in 2016. Um, so you're like a little robot. It's kind of, um, like a twin stick shooter, I guess, where you just go around the level blowing stuff up and, um each level like as you blow up the 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 enemies you pick up their weapons and you can after the level's over you can then attach those to your robot so you're basically just growing stronger as the game progresses um which is kind of the same like with something like dead cells where like you defeat enemies and you can choose choose new weapons different like the for the different slots um and even something more recent like the last of us 2 uh like each of the characters uh, has has like uh, I think it's like four or five weapons that they carry, and then there's um up like a there's this neat little side thing where y- you get there's like a workshop and you turn on um uh, like an ex- it's like one of those power bars where you like turn the light on basically and then use parts to uh, to add attachments to like you can put uh, scope scopes on different guns or. Um, you can change, uh, uh, like the grips and stuff for more stability. And so like you actually see the character, like disassemble the gun and reattach like new parts on. And I always thought that was pretty neat. So, um, yeah, like upgrading, upgrading weapons, becoming stronger, um, is used in a lot of, uh, non RPG games, but it's definitely an RPG mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like upgradable weapons as well. I think that uh, anytime you're able to kind of take something along with you and uh, keep building on it or keep making it better is kind of a neat thing. Um, the the mechanic I really like, uh, the RPG kind of specific or derived mechanic that I like in non-RPG games is, is just simply progression or leveling up. I like earning experience points. I like feeling that the side quests that I'm doing, that the combat I'm engaging in, I, I want those things to feel meaningful, not just kind of a means to an end to kind of get to the next place. I want to feel like I'm being rewarded uh, by my character developing, my character improving or becoming stronger, becoming better, becoming more talented. Uh, I don't necessarily need a skill tree. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with just standard level ups that increase your stats and health or something like that. But uh, I love the idea of accruing experience points in a game and knowing that the actions I'm taking are making me stronger, uh, making me better. Um, just some examples off the top of my head. You think of the the more recent Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed games. Uh, Valhalla will probably have this as well, which is coming out later this year. The Viking themed one. 
Uh, but I played Odyssey uh, last year, I think, or the year before, uh, which was uh, the one set in uh, ancient Greece. Uh, and that was a great one for me because uh, not only was it an open world, but it was an open world filled with stuff to do. And all of those things you did gave you experience points. Um, uh, I think Ubisoft kind of screwed that one up a little bit because they, they made it so that if you weren't a high enough level, you were basically gated off from uh, certain parts or certain uh, advancing the story and stuff like that. And I think they sold through microtransactions uh, ways of level leveling up faster so you know there is a dark side to it i don't like seeing things like that uh another another game an indie game i may have talked about on the podcast uh last year uh children of morta uh, was a really fun one uh, it's kind of a, it's a roguelike kind of dungeon crawler uh but it, it's also got rpg mechanics where uh not only do you level up uh you you can level up and it also makes all of your family members all of the kind of other characters you can choose from in the game stronger uh so that was a really neat implementation of uh love the the level up system or the the experience system uh, it might have been based on spending gold or something like that but it's still something you accrue over time uh and then you can spend it or use it to make yourself stronger so that was that was a cool one um just in the interest of uh, kind of wrapping up the river city uh, conversation (laughs) i mean i think we ended up kind of talking about magazines and cheat codes and and arcade cabinets and manuals and those are all great things um but yeah river city ransom like i think it's it's a very accessible game it's on the nintendo switch online uh it's easy so it's easy to get to and i think that uh, everyone should give that a try. I think it's you know there's no kind of, there's no really reason not to, and it's a short game. And if you if you want to see it through, it's not going to take yep. up a large chunk of your time. And like like Paige has been talking about it, we've been kind of David and I have been excited for uh, games like River City Girls are kind of building on a legacy of the this this, this one of these you know original popular uh, Kunio Kun games, uh, the Japanese name obviously, but River City Ransom. Yeah, uh, I think it's definitely one of those kind of. Sorry, I'm I'm talking too much. Go ahead, Paige. Um, that's why basically, you know, since you can get River City Ransom for free, you can basically, it's almost like a demo for River City Girls. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you like River City Ransom, there, like I said, there are modern games that people like WayForward and Arc System Works are putting out that expand on it, make it, maybe, you know, make the game a lot better build on what was there before. Yeah. Um, everything we've heard about River City Girls sounds awesome. David, anything else to add? Yeah, I, I would say um, if like I don't know if there's people out there like me who played the Double Dragons and then never really uh, knew or played, got into the Kunyu Kun. Um, but as a as a Double Dragon devotee, um, I, I really enjoyed River City Ransom, uh, and like I, I think it's kind of like the same basic premise but with RPG mechanics. So uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty neat. It's to, to, to go from those and it's funny that uh, on the Nintendo online how many of these techno technos Japan games are available because like you've got uh, do- like double dragons available River City ransoms available uh, I believe super spike v-ball is mm-hmm. is on there too like yeah there's a lot and I, and you mentioned earlier the Kunio kun collection uh, that I think that's got like 16 or more games including you know games like River City ransom and double dragon. Um, I think I, I guess whoever was publishing these has been publishing these games. Uh, if it's Arc System Works still, uh, they, they've also been releasing them separately. So there's a lot of there's just so many opportunities to play any of these games, whether it's free through the Switch Online or just by you know buying some of the individual titles that you're interested in. But yeah, to definitely give them a look. Not all of them will have RPG mechanics, but it's uh, it's definitely a fun series to get into. I think. Hmm. Uh, okay, so yeah, so I wanted to make sure we ended with with River City Ransom <laughs> as opposed to uh, uh, some of the other things we were chatting about. But it's always good yep. to to go off on tangents sometimes. Um, so uh, 
yeah, that does it for uh, this week uh, where we talked about River Siege Ransom. Hope you guys uh, listening out there enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we certainly enjoyed playing the game and talking about it. Um, uh, Paige, I want to thank you for joining us this week. Uh, where can people find your stuff? What are you working on right now? Um, at the moment, I'm on hiatus. Okay, yeah. taking a little break. Yeah, taking a couple months off. Yeah, nice. Um, but I've still got my YouTube channel and my reviews on ladiesgamers.com. So I think my Brigandine review will finally get published this week. Hmm. That's a tactical RPG, yeah. I think. Dawn reviewed that for NWR, yeah. What, what did you think of that? Yeah, it was pretty good. I spent a lot of time... I think I spent more time just sitting and thinking at the screen than moving my characters. <laughs> Where can where can, what's your YouTube channel? How can we how can we get at that if we um, want to see the stuff you're working? I suppose on? just search Paige Detlefson because that, that's okay. my channel name. That's easy enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we can link. We put it in the notes too. The, yeah. Oh, fantastic! Okay, that's what I was wondering about. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, check out what Paige is working on with Ladies Gamer. Check out her her, her YouTube channel. Um, David, what's going on on the Thirsty Mage YouTube channel right now? What are you um, working on? Yeah, I guess uh, Casey and I still have our weekly um, videos where uh, we're either talking about news or, or games. I think the state of play is at 1 p.m. tomorrow, so maybe there'll be some some interesting news there. Yeah, so uh, I obviously want to thank everybody for listening. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, uh, The Thirsty Mage is available on uh, you know, a variety of podcast devices. Uh, we're on Spotify as well, if you prefer listening there. I'm going to try to start listening on Spotify. I uh, keep hearing good things about uh, you know founding podcasts on there. And then you don't have to worry about downloading them necessarily. You can just stream them, I think. So that might be more convenient on the go. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. If you can leave a review, if you are listening on a, a podcast player uh, and you're able to leave a review or leave uh, you know five stars for us, that's awesome. Helps with visibility. Uh, you know, please reach out uh, on, on Twitter. You can contact me at Riskman64. Uh, the podcast is uh, at the Thirsty Mage, or David is at Filtered Gamer. Uh, let us know what kind of games you're interested in hearing about on the podcast. Let us know if you've played River City Ransom. Uh, what do you think about it? Did you, know, did you enjoy it? Is this something that uh, maybe was a turnoff for you? Let us know. Um, but you can also email uh, David at thethirstymage.com. Let us know about uh, uh, ideas you have for future episodes or topics or things you want us to cover. We're always uh, eager to get uh, listener impressions and uh, uh, questions, comments, all that stuff as well. Um, I think we're going to be talking about uh, Yakuza soon. We may have we may have switched the order on people. Uh, we're going to try to get back to uh, the one we've established. Uh, but, you know, we're always trying to be flexible, too. Uh, but I think we're going to be talking about Yakuza Kiwami uh, next week with Matt Zawadniak from NWR. Uh, so please look forward to that. We're going to be talking about the first two, uh, well, Kiwami 1 and Kiwami 2. I'm playing uh, the second one right now. I think Dave is playing the first. Uh, so, yeah, yep. stay tuned for that. But uh, that will do us for this week. Uh, thanks again, Paige, for joining us. Right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.